Hello. Hey, hey. Um, we're here back again um, and hope you all had a wonderful holiday season. Um, last episode, we celebrated the Appalachian Christmas a little early. Um, so to start the new year, we're going to talk about our lonely books on the shelves, or as Sam likes to call them, shelf warmers. <laughs> Um, with so many options on the shelves, it's easier for our older titles to kind of sit on the shelves for quite some time, so we kind of wanted to talk about a few that we chose and why we chose them. So, uh, first housekeeping, first happy new years to yeah. everybody listening. We've, uh, we're technically time travelers since we're filming this in December. I was thinking about it this morning about getting those like glasses and the little boys makeup and all stuff, and but special. I didn't think about it until today and had to come to work. <laughs> but uh, anyway, happy new years. Um, we did skip December's episode, so that's but that's fine. It just if you guys are looking for it, it's not there. Um, anyway, so closures. Uh, it's really a quiet month for January um, when it comes to like events because we're just gearing up for other stuff coming into the year. It's kind of our breather of past Christmas and everything like that. We've had so many programs. But yeah, um, we sort of go with the school schedule and the schools we're just kind of getting back into session. So yeah. So uh, anyway, all the branches are gonna be closed on January fifteenth, which is a Monday for Martin Luther King Day. So that's the only closure we've got. We've also got a, a fine wave drive going on in January. It's gonna be treats for the after school program. So like uh, prepackaged things like crackers and chips and cookies things that they can um, just give out afterwards and mm -hmm. it's got to be you know prepackaged for uh, safety and health concerns and typically we give away snacks um, during each of our programs so um, in the maker space um, in the children's center and also the teen center so so uh, every day after school 3 30 kids get a snack so and you know growing kids I was just hungry coming home from school partly because I didn't like the lunch but yeah but also you're growing <laughs> okay. kids so uh, yeah they're absolutely. always hungry mm -hmm. Um, okay, and also at KFL, we kind of wanted to highlight um, Saturday, February 3rd is our Love Your Closet clothing swap, mm -hmm. which is a mouthful, but um, that is a popular event every year. We do it twice a year, one for adults and one for children. So the one at the start of the year, February 3rd, is going to be our adult clothing swap. So we're looking for um, gently used, um, sort of smell-free clothes. If they can come in on hangers, mm -hmm. um, we would appreciate that, but if not, that's okay. I would just sort of Having some sort of organization to it, I think, does help the process because we get so many, um, and you know, there's just a select few people that are sort of going through. And um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really great event. Everybody always really loves it. Do you want to kind of talk about the token system? Yeah. So um, for about the, about usually a week before they'll announce the dates closer, but it's usually always a week before the event. People can start bringing in their clothes. They'll bring it down to the circulation desk, and then. Um, Probably for Delaine and Linda will be counting the clothes in the back, and you'll get a piece. You'll get a paper token for every um, every piece of clothing we can accept, and then they'll give it to you. And then on the day of Saturday, there's a first few hours are just for token shoppers, and then so they'll get first come first serve, um, and then after that, it's a free for all. Everybody can come in and get what they want. And you don't like if you bring in clothes to get tokens and you don't want them, you can leave them, yeah, and people uh, we can give them to people who need them. To be able to shop. Yeah, and you don't like you can bring clothes. You don't have to shop, so yeah, that's absolutely an option. Um, we appreciate every article of clothing that we get because it really does help our community. So yeah, it's like a, you know, it's a, a love yourself, but also like a, um, it's, it's good for New Year's too because like you're cleaning up a lot of 
do their new definitely yeah. yeah so like they're spring cleaning that early yeah <laughs> so we're gonna help you with your new year resolutions and also just loving yourself and helping your community at the same time um ongoing programs we've mentioned these before uh show us yourself and grandma is still running so you can come in and bring a picture and write a small blurb and we'll um copy it to the archives here so we have you know a record of her because a lot of like women especially in the past didn't get like noticed and things like that mm -hmm. there, there there's gaps in the historical record about just everyday women so yeah and we're not interested in keeping the actual physical picture yeah, or get, anything yeah, you like that and they shouldn't necessarily have to be from the south either we've got mm -hmm. a bunch of transplants who have grandmas from all over so yeah absolutely um we've got the kodak veteran tile fundraiser which is where they'll like take a there's some nice like papers and they'll engrave information you can post applications at all of the branches um, I think it's a hundred dollars per paper yes and um, it the whole vision is that these pavers are going to sort of lead to the gazebo, right? Yeah. Uh, or is it going to be around a tree? I think that it's supposed to be in this beautiful... It's an um, outdoor, a nice outdoor yeah, area. Space. Um, outside of our new Kodak building, which is very exciting. So. And then we've still got the Duck It All fundraiser going on for Kodak. It's running out of ducks downstairs. So, yeah. Um, they're $5 per duck. You don't have to get them just for views. A lot of people are getting them for their grandchildren and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh, um, yeah. So it's good for a good cause, and then not to be confused with the Kodak Veteran Tile, we've got the KFL Veterans Tile, which goes up on our decorative tile wall in our lobby. It's already yes. created and made. We just got to finish paying off before we can stick on the wall there. But mm -hmm. um, and that's any um, any amount of money you want to donate to that. So, uh, so I guess we can segue right into the books that we chose. Mm -hmm. um, I'll go ahead and start. I chose this book. Christmas Guest, and it's short, it's not very long, um, more like a novella, um, but I sort of have been, um, I work in reference, so I had been shelving, and I shelved quite a few of Anne Perry's stories, so um, she's quite a prolific author, but also still very popular, even though some of her books are a little older. Um, she recently passed away, so I think that she did have um, one final book released in 2023, it might have been late 2022. Um, but in any case, um, I chose this one, um, checked the status of it, and it hadn't been checked out in about five years. Um, I know it is a Christmas story, and we are in January now, but um, I feel like it's, I don't know, I just well, like Christmas anytime. So. Well, you would have read it before, since we're filming. That's true. So we're That's true. Yeah. So, okay. You were reading so it I guess it was on top. Thank you. Yeah. I get confused, so. <laughs> but anyway. So it's about this, um, so a lot of her books, the, the, um, her genre is historical murder mysteries um, and detective fiction. I'm not as into detective fiction. I do like a good historical murder mystery. I thought this one was going to be less um, murder mystery and more like uh, Bridgerton. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess that kind of took me by surprise. Uh, I just kind of picked it up and decided I was going to read it. Um, but this one in particular is about a grandmother who is sort of abandoned for the holidays um, while her grandchildren go to Paris, um, which is very exciting. All of her books are sort of, uh, I don't know what word to use. I, wanna, I keep wanting to use like regal, um, upper class sort of settings that I guess remind me and like lend itself to Bridgerton. Mm -hmm. um, and so this grandmother has to stay with this family called the Fielding, Fieldings. 
and um, she thinks they're just kind of eccentric and weird and not really her vibe. So, um, but anyway, there is a murder that occurs and um, yeah, um, the murder occurs and she has to sort of get to the bottom of it. Christmas. Um, yes, I know. How rude. I never expected, <laughs> right? A Christmas murder mystery. Um, but yeah, so it, it took me by surprise. Um, a very cute short read. Um, I liked it, and when I was sort of looking into, um, like, the backstory of the author, which I kind of, I, I kind of like to do, and I thought it might, you know, be interesting to know for the podcast, is, um, she was actually convicted of a murder when she was 15 years old in New Zealand, um, and spent a lot of time in jail, and sort of re-established herself under a different name, which, um, Ann Perry is her, like, new... So, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, you didn't, you don't really suspect that. Who um, she murdered? Um, she murdered her friend's mother, and they, like, did it collaboratively. And what's interesting, and she was, like I said, 15 at the time. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that, but yeah, she was 15. So. I was an adult? Um, that I don't know. But she was released, I have the date, um, in 1959. And there is actually a movie that was made after the story, and it's called Heavenly Creatures. Okay. And Kate Winslet plays her. So, okay. Yeah, that's sweet. Well, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but she, like I said, she moved to Scotland, sort of reinvented the writing, and then um, she actually later moved to the United States. So she passed away in Los Angeles, which I thought was interesting. She's had quite the interesting life. Yeah. Like, reinventing yourself from a teenage murder. Yeah, and not only that, but also to write about murder. Like, yeah, well, she knows. She's like, yeah, <laughs> she like, is the, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, you think half these people, do you think, like, Agatha Christie murdered all these people? Probably not. I would hope not. I just, yeah. So, I just thought that was, like, a unique, um, I definitely didn't expect it when I picked up the, the story, so. Well, I should yeah. start, like, doing background checks on my authors. Yeah, it's really, it's really funny, just to even to find out where they grew up, because she, like I said, is from New Zealand, so and I also did Scotland and, and then, Yeah, so quite, yeah, traveled, so. Uh, my book is by Ursula uh, K. <laughs> Le Guin. Um, I didn't really look into her past. Um, I'm That's pretty okay. sure yeah. she's passed away, because she was writing in the 60s, so okay. she would have been in the late 60s, so she's either very, very old or passed away. Um, she's sort of uh, a science fiction pioneer for women. Um, I know, like, briefly of her. One of my friends was reading a lot of her stuff, and um, it's actually funny. My friend has read a whole bunch, like The Lake of Heaven and a couple other ones, but she has The Left Hand of Darkness, and it's just perpetually checked out on Libby because she wants to read it, but she's never in the mood to read it. Oh, no. So every few weeks we'll get the, hey, left hand of darkness, and we'll do we'll, we'll it. And so she's at like 14%. <laughs> um, so I was like, hey, guess what I'm reading? Because um, I was really excited to see this on the, um, we, we pulled a circulation report, mm -hmm. and I was really excited to see this. There were a couple of other ones, too. I think there was one I suggested to Alexis, the, the Dinner. Which yes. is, um, yeah. like, again, an upper-scale family dealing yes. with um, a murder. And to something. be fair, it, it seemed really scary, so oh, okay. <laughs> I was, like, not quite feeling that vibe. it has a movie. I, I think that's how I heard about it okay. on, on TikTok or something. It had, like, a movie, and that's why I put it on my radio, radar. But, yeah. um, and I was, like, waffling between the two, but we ultimately decided on this one. I had Juana help me pick. Um, 
But anyway, so yeah, she's like a science fiction pioneer. She's got uh, the Earth Sea Cycle is probably her biggest series, and then she's got this called the um, the Hain, I think, or Hain series. I forgot the name off the top of my head. And that one, it doesn't necessarily have to be like red altogether. It's just the idea is like there's this kind of compared to Star Trek a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like you've got the Federation, but you've got like this group that's kind of making. Um, these connections with all these planets to be this, like, one bigger group, um, and they just, like, kind of, it's not necessarily, like, there is trade, I guess, but it's not necessarily, it's, like, a cultural exchange and stuff, it's not like they're making a big army or anything, but, um, they'll send what they call envoys out to these planets, and each book, I think, circles around a, a, an envoy on this planet, um, this one, I want to say it's probably one of our most well-known books, um, but... Don't quote me on that. It's just I'd, I'd heard of it before I read it. Yeah, she's definitely a familiar author to me, but I have not. Uh, yeah, but it's it's the envoy on this one. His name is Jinli Ai, like AI, um, and he is the envoy sent from Earth. And the thing is, it's sort of like reading a high fantasy novel because there's a lot of words that are dropped in here that you just have to figure out what they mean. Like, um, so this, he lands on this planet called Winter, which is, like, it's just super cold all the time, and these humans, um, there's this whole, like, overarching, and you don't get a whole bunch of it, you get, like, pieces of probably this bigger narrative where they're, like, humans, or this human species That's came, right, they are humans. And, yeah, and they okay. populated other places, including Earth, and then they've populated, like, Terra, and, or in, in Winter, so there's, like, they're connected, they're bipedal, mm -hmm. they're human, but there's sometimes little differences. Like in this one, um, there's not male or female, they're both. Interesting. Um, and then once, I could say this, I could never get the time figured out on this one, but like once a cycle, they'll go into what they call kimmering, and you'll, uh, and somebody else will know kimmering, and then you'll like give you back each other desirable to get together, and one of you would turn into a man, and one of you would turn into a female, reproductive purpose wise, mm -hmm. and you'd get together, and if you were pregnant, the woman would stay a woman. And go back to being sexless and um so it was interesting because you could have um you can have like multiple i guess partners but they did vow kimmering the people's to a marriage and so you could have a child but then there was also a child of your flesh which was more wanted i suppose or like they have a king and the king was going to have a kid and that kid was going to be his heir because it was the child of his flesh mm -hmm. not someone he just sired it's interesting. very interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing I got really frustrated with is, I guess maybe because it was written in the 60s, they didn't use they, mm -hmm. which I'm not saying like they have to, but they used they kept saying he, he, he. They were all he's basically oh, okay. the whole time. Yeah. And so I, I kept falling into the, the, the dynamic of he versus she. And same with Jin, but I guess sort of, she could have done it on purpose because the envoy, Jin Lee, kept doing that too. And he would look at one and try to find more male or more female. And he kind of looked down on women because he'd be like, oh, so-and-so was acting effeminate. I didn't like that. So I didn't find the main character super likable. I did like some of the people who came across. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, you, you get this feeling of, she did a good job of, like, you are the human going into this world you don't understand. Mm -hmm. So you kind of relate to him, like, you know, what's going on? Okay, uh, yes. But at the same time, I feel like she could have described things better. They had this thing called shift rockets, shift something. And it's basically like a pride aspect, but it, she doesn't explain it as such. And, and it's like the, the envoy doesn't really understand it, but he keeps getting tangled up into it. And like, so one of the main characters was trying to give him advice. It's, it's like, 
you don't want to actually give good advice. You want to talk around the subject, and it's um, you kind of get it, you kind of don't. So there's a lot of misunderstandings between some of the main characters because the human doesn't. Well, that keeps in the human. They're both human, but the um, Jinli doesn't understand it, and. Um, and then there's like these two religions too and they're really interesting actually you don't get a whole bunch on them but there's like one where they like sort of look into the future and but you kind of learn the ideas like the question you ask isn't the important like the, the questions that you you can't ask are the important ones kind of thing interesting. and the answers yeah. you get aren't the ones you need and so it's this interesting idea of, of like a philosophy of sort of ignorance but not as a bad thing is sort of just like you know living your life if you don't ask these questions, you can't ruin your life by it, you know, like, if you went and asked, when will I die, and they kind of give you a vague answer, then you're going to dread the whole time of when you're going to die. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to end up causing a death, or, you know, so there's little, there's little caveat st stories between every chapter um, that explain more of, like, the culture and stories and stuff, and it was very fascinating. And then there was another one, sort of makes me think of Christianity, because they had this, this prophet, sort of, main character and what had happened was he somehow could see into the past and the future everything all at once all the time until he died and then so they start like basing off their calendar year off of this man's birth so every year is year zero and the, the, the time's really confusing I, I could yeah. not get a grasp on that but they they had very interesting philosophies so for that one like the present is always the present past the future everything it's just you're in the present moment but they're like kind of at odds those two religions not like they're not having wars. So this planet they live on doesn't have wars at all. They might have skirmishes and like occasional murders, but like as far as like war, no. And then you've got one country that's kind of like lackadaisical, sort of, and then the other one's sort of like almost think communist Russia. You have to have all these papers and things. Mm -hmm. But then uh, they both have their good points and their bad points, and they both go around that pride aspect. And like you get a lot of politics in this book, which was really interesting. Mm -hmm. It's just I felt like I didn't understand enough and partly i'm sure that's to get into it but partly like am i too dumb for this book no um, i love that i wonder if it would help for like a second read maybe at this point knowing what i know now but yeah. at the same time it wasn't my favorite like i there, there was aspects i really enjoyed but there was aspects i found frustrating with it like i wish it would have used a they because mm -hmm. i kept getting stuck in that dichotomy and which could have been part of the purpose and she didn't, like I said, write very highly of women, but it could have been just this character's point of view. So. Yeah. And they got to the end, sort of, where the it only has one envoy, one person comes to the planet, because it's not supposed to be a threat. Like, it's like, you know, two is an evasion, one's right. just a curiosity. Okay. But then there's also the idea of maybe they only send one down, because then that envoy's alone, so they have to learn, and they have to communicate, and they have to make friends, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's a, that was cool. But um, later, when the humans come down, he looks at them, with the men and the women, and he's like, these aren't people anymore, because he's used to... So it was fascinating. Um, they killed off a character I really liked at the very end. I was like, how dare you? But... Um, like I said, I think I was telling you, I was four out of five stars. I put it on a low four. I just, I wanted more out of it, but it had some really good aspects, like anthropological aspects and things. And I feel like I read somewhere maybe that was part of her background or something, like either her parents were, um, yeah, so she's the daughter uh, of, I think, anthropologists, of an anthropologist and an author. And she was born in 1929. Wow. And she went to college in Radcliffe in Columbia and married her husband in Paris in 1953. So, um, 
The Left Hand Darkness was awarded both the Nebula and the Hugo Awards, which are really big sci-fi yeah, yeah. and fantasy awards, um, which awarded the 1975 Hugo and Nebula Awards to The Dispossessed. Ursula K. Le Guin became one of the first authors to win both awards twice for novels. Oh, interesting. So, like, she's, yeah, wow. really kind of important in mm-hmm. her field. I just personally didn't like this book. I will give her another try, probably not immediately. Um, but yeah, book. Yeah, and I think that's important, like, to know when it was written. I, I feel like that establishes, I don't know. Like, obviously it wasn't written now. If it was written now, I don't know that it would have the same impact. It might, but she might have had to write it differently in some aspects. Um, and then I think my criticisms are more of a modern criticism. But she's but she's still amazing for touching on these things of gender and, and the other and things like that. It's just, it was it's in the 60s, whereas we're in 2024 now. It yeah. will be in 2024. So, um, no, it was it was good. And I'm not going to, like, knock. She did some really good work. It just wasn't specifically something I loved. Do you have a favorite of hers? No, this is my first one. Oh, okay. Um, my friend Caitlin really likes her, and mm-hmm. we read very similar stuff. Yeah. But she can kind of get into deeper sci-fi occasionally, whereas I don't get as deep. Yeah. It's sort of like if the felt like reading Tolkien occasionally, where especially when it was talking about some of the they're like on a glacier for three chapters and changing directions, and you've got these dates that don't really make sense. There's actually like a a glossary for the dates and the time in the back, and honestly. I didn't care enough. <laughs> and this was one of the few books, because I'm not a math person. I love people. Like, people are like, I love maps. I always re- I don't reference maps. I wish I had a map for this one. Yeah, which I feel like I do like the fact that there's a map in all of, uh, like, Game of Thrones and that type of thing. I feel like, yeah, not, I, I, not that I've completed those books, but oh, in looking and seeing, I think that basic maps are good sort of establishing, but I also feel kind of the same. So it was. I'd, I'd give it a try. Like, if, especially if you're really hard up on sci-fi, um, I would give it a try. Um, but uh, I was going to ask you because I didn't write it down. Um, do you have any New Year's resolution reading goals, sort of thing? Since we're. Um, why don't you go first? Okay, so I give you time to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was uh, thinking of doing like a low buy year. So like, not a no buy year. I'm not strong enough for that. But like a low okay. buy year to where I would like limit myself to either one book, like buying one book, book a month, or um, reading, or two manga, which was manga $10 or 12 so like, if you get two, it's the price of one book. But, um, doing something like that, and then also uh, continuing to catch up on my books on my shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, in January, I will be seeing Wicked, so um, I have the books, a couple of the books on my shelf, so I'm going to give the first one a read, mm-hmm. and if I like it, I'll read the other ones, and if I don't like it, I'll um, take them to yeah, I read the first one. I liked it. So that's probably one of the ones that is sooner up on my um, read list. Yeah, you'll have to read. Are you going to read it before or after? I think I'm going to read it before because I feel like it'll help. But I, I understand the musical is probably like, completely different. I like I read a little bit of Wicked like in high school. And I know there was like, they go to college, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's like a lot of sex sort of involved, which mm-hmm. is not going to be Yeah, it was surprising to me. So in that respect, I definitely think it's different than the play. Yeah, but I don't, but I don't know how much like the narrative sort of follows. So I'll I'll probably read it just to kind of have an idea of the characters, and also I can be like, well, this is different, and it, it, that's okay. It's different. Yeah. Um, but when I saw Anastasia, Anastasia was pretty close to the movie. Interesting. So I mean, they they had some extra stuff to it, but it was like 
following. Yeah. I mean, they took out the bits with, like, Rasputin and the bugs and things, but, like, the character was pretty. Uh, instead of Rasputin as the villain, the villains were, um, I can't remember if it's the red or the white, whoever was against the, and who was against, who killed the Romanovs? Um. To come into power. Like, in the real history? Yeah, in the real the history. The Bolshevik. Bolshevik, okay, yeah, so. The Bolsheviks. Sorry. I had to take a moment to ask the... Yeah, so they, they were hiding from the Bolsheviks. The Bolsheviks were coming up, and there was this one leader. But the, other than that, though, like, they took away, like, the fantastical Rasputin and undead thing and did it more. But it was good. It was very... I really liked it. So I've... And I've never watched Wicked, so I'm kind of excited. But that's, like I said, get off topic. Um, to get more books off my shelf read, which one of them happens to be Wicked. And I think I have some of a witch, too. So someone had done it. Yeah. Okay. I think that um, just picking up more physical copies of books. I think I was talking to you earlier about how I really like um, audiobooks and listening in the car. I find um, it hard to carve out special times to sit down and read. So maybe that will be my goal for this upcoming year. So <laughs> just one more book that you read than you did last year. Exactly. Um, that brings us on to I guess the last topic of the day, which is next month's February's. Um, we're going to be doing a Love Yourself Valentine's Day, um, so kind of aiming towards non-fiction, probably more towards the self-help mm-hmm. area, yeah. um, not to, or maybe cookbooks, but I know we have a specific bonus one, I think we're going to do cookbooks, as long as we get around to doing it. Yeah, kind of drop the ball bonus ones, but you know, we've been really busy. Like, say life, life's been really life lately, so. Uh, but yeah, love yourself. I've got a couple ideas picked out, uh, if not to read, to then put on the display. Yeah, so our display is very, very just. That's okay. Yeah. Well, we highlighted those two. So yeah. Yeah. Those. That's I think about it. Okay. All right. Well, it was nice chatting with you, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.